The Crowncast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means that you are listening to the Crowncast, and it is a Wednesday Crowncast, and it's a Wednesday Crowncast for uh, really the most disastrous loss that Charlotte FC has had in its history, and let's be honest, let's hope it's the the most disastrous loss Charlotte FC ever has, because we never want to see it again, and we certainly don't want to see worse, and here to do all of this with me today, as ever, is Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. And I'm also excited to welcome a guest to the show. Uh, Hello, Matt. Hello, what's up? Uh, We are going to really kind of dive right in through this match because I do think there's some important points to get to. But first, we have business to attend to. And Matt, every time we bring a guest in here, we ask them to give out a guest crown. Uh, So we are going to give you an option, considering the state of this particular match. Uh, if you would like to be the first guest who gives out a card, uh, you are welcome to, but you have your choice. Would you like to give out a, a guest crown or a guest card? Uh, I think I'll keep it positive and go with the guest crown. Awesome. So who would you like to crown for the uh, LAFC match? I guess I would go with Reyna. He he did have one good chance, if I remember correctly. Um, he's probably our most dangerous player. Um he he looked good in the game, but the guys just most of the guys could not get it together. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one thing we can definitely say is that that curler of a right foot that comes off of Jordi Reyna is well, it's dangerous, and we have seen it go in, we've seen it hit crossbars, we've seen it hit side posts. Uh, but Justin, would you like to get in on this one? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely his shot, right? That the mm-hmm. curler from the top of the eighteen off that left hand side. The the concern I always have with Reyna is is whether or not he's actually linking the play. I don't know that he necessarily got the support. Mm-hmm. You know, I think maybe some of the the issue there has been sort of this shifting of the midfield where there's not really a dedicated left side attacker tucked inside of him. Yeah, uh, but uh, I do run into some issues with Reyna occasionally with the, the unwillingness to pass the ball in some situations, or you know sometimes he just dwells on it a little bit too long. That said, he wasn't terrible in the LA match, which is better than you can <laughs> say for most of this squad. He definitely uh, he definitely did prove to be one of the highlights of the match. Uh, even if we have further questions down the road, Matt, I'm going to stick with you as we go over the LA match, and we looked like we survived the first half of this match. Uh, I think that's the right way to phrase it. We survived the first half of this match. And we did a few things good. Uh, we did a few things not so good. In your opinion, can you tell us about, you know, sort of sum up the, the first half? What did we do well? What caught your eye? Uh, the first half, uh, the guys looked pretty good. They were very well organized. Uh, seems like they kept behind the ball. They broke out a little in the beginning. I thought in the beginning of the match, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes, they looked decent with some threat on the counter. Mm-hmm. Uh, after LAFC settled in the game, they just could not get out of their own half. They were pinned in, uh, defending, and I think they just got mentally tired defending yeah. the whole first half. I think that's something that we're going to talk about a little bit later on is the effects of just having to continually, continually, continually defend. Uh, Justin? Well, and, I mean, 
not just mentally tired, but but especially as the game went on, but physically tired. It's just the number of minutes on what is essentially the same 11 guys, because it does not seem like Christian Latanzio has a lot of faith in the depth on this squad. Uh, This is a match, you know, we're flying cross country to, to play this against the best squad in MLS right now. And everybody just looked so tired. Go ahead. Do you, do you think uh, maybe Latanzio was a little naive in the way he approached the match? Um, uh, I mean, I, I do think that, you know, one of the reasons, and I will say we got some feedback on our uh, very, very, very spicy post-react pod for this one. Uh, the people around this table are smiling because it was spicy. Uh, you know, one of the things we try and say is that we are going to state our opinions, and we were definitely hot on that one. But we do try and make sure we say things that we, we feel like we can back up. Uh, Christian Latanzio's approach to this one, I felt like really showed a lot of where the team is because I felt like we played LAFC like we weren't scared of them. Uh, we tried to push into them. We tried to to raise the back line up. We tried to take it to them as much as they were taking it to us, and uh, it didn't come out with necessarily the best of results. Do you have something you want to add to that one? Well, I think there should be a, a you know a backup tactic to you know that the guys can fall back on you know i don't think you can always just push out and uh, well, with the high line in the defense and, and go at lfc lafc i mean we had a backup tactic it was a back three and uh <laughs> i think we will get on to how that particularly worked um justin uh, i'm gonna move it over to you yeah you know uh, we we touched on it briefly but lafc was very well organized and they just hammered the door down over and over and over and over and over again. Can you talk to us about what this sort of pressure does to a team? Well, it's it's incredibly difficult, especially for a team like Charlotte FC that is very young in the midfield right now, uh, is missing probably its best player out of the back in terms of picking out a pass that's going to split something open in, in Christian Fuchs. Um, we don't have guys especially in the center of, of the back of our defense at this point, who will play that kind of pass. I think there's a future there for Subasinski, but I don't think he's there yet. So we, we're just lacking the ability that a player maybe like Sergio Ruiz brings to, to break that pressure. Mm-hmm. And so when you are being pressed like LA did all night, again, they get to play at home. They get to play in front of their crowd. They get to feed off of that energy, get the pressure on and, you have players who can't resist that press, who can't dribble through it, who can't make the passes out of it. Uh, and it it just becomes a nightmare to try and play against because now you're hearing footsteps everywhere. You're hearing the player, you're feeling the pressure before you even receive the ball. And you're not thinking about the turn, you're not thinking about the dribble, you're thinking only about how am I going to keep this guy away from the ball? How am I going to keep him from tackling me? And you've already kind of lost at that point if you're not aware of where your teammates are, if you're not aware of where those one-touch passes can be to break the press. And L.A. just did it better. L.A. has more talent right now than the Charlotte FC side does. It's a location that attracts talent. It's a team that attracts talent. It's you know it's a system that, that just sort of keeps building on itself as it brings in good players and they keep performing well in the playoffs and they keep making it to you know deep into the playoffs or win the championship in this league. They keep attracting good players. They also grow good players out of the youth system and, and we saw all of that just smack us in the mouth 
and smack us in the mouth, honestly, harder than I expected. But I, it's, I mean, it's a painful but possibly fair result. Yeah, we, we talked with Josh from Banks, Beers, and Zocker uh, in the last Wednesday cast, and you'll hear from him later, uh, hopefully about our significantly better result coming out of the next one. But one thing that we can absolutely say is L.A. came out and they looked ready. Uh, they look like the polished, finished article. They were crisper. They were faster. They knew where their teammates were going to be. Their passes were very effective. They were clean. They were well-weighted. And, you know, you saw a really, really sharp blade uh, against a blade that is, for lack of a better statement, being sharpened. It was it was not necessarily pretty. Matt, you want to get on this? I think one thing I saw continually is just uh, almost like a through ball through the middle, mm-hmm. and both defenders were, were beaten quite readily mm-hmm. uh, th- with ease. I think that's something we're going to get on a little bit later about exactly how that happens. But first, Justin, I'm going to go to you because we have a rock in the back of our team who makes a pretty big mistake in this one. Do you want to explain sort of what happens in goal two? Yeah, and, and we've talked before. You know, you've, you've definitely called out the fact that Kalina is relatively young. He's still learning. He's going to make some mistakes. We see it again. He comes out to claim a cross, and he just doesn't. He doesn't call off his defender. Subasinski's in the way. He doesn't get hands on that cross. It's, it drops free from him. And the issue whenever you've got a keeper in a situation like that is now there's nobody in between whoever latches onto the ball first and the goal. And this time, you know, if it's bouncing around like that, it's going to favor in that particular situation, the offense and LA hops on it and they're in a position to slot an easy goal home. If you're going to come out, you have to claim, you have to clear. If you don't, you're going to give up a goal. Yeah, I think you say this really well. If you are vacating that space, you are vacating it because you are getting the ball and if you're not getting the ball, you have literally vacated the goal. It's wide open. Uh, I think that one's important, and I think the reason I, I tack it into that sort of conversation is I do think it's it's an effective pressure. I think that the reason this sort of nail, I'm not going to call it the nail in the coffin, but one of the nails um, goes in is this is, the I think, the first point that genuinely just the overwhelming pressure over and over causes a mistake. I think Kalina is for lack of a better statement, ready to hold the ball for a minute. <laughs> He's ready to to hold off the pressure for a little bit, and he makes a decision. And unfortunately, it's the wrong one, but it does vacate the goal and leave it wide open. I have to wonder a little bit, too, if there isn't a, a touch of maybe the inexperience, because if I remember correctly, I think, that, I think it's Subasinski who kind of impedes Kalina's path to the ball here. And so I wonder if there's just a, a sort of a lack of familiarity back there, maybe just because Subasinski hasn't had the minutes to recognize the, that he's being called off, that he's, you know, impeding his, his keeper's path to the ball. I'm not saying that Subasinski owns the lion's share of this mistake. This is on Kalina. Yeah. But maybe the path is just a little bit easier if Subasinski makes, makes his way out of the way clears the path for for Kalina to come out. Maybe he makes the grab. Maybe he just has a second better to judge the flight and determines he can't make the grab and decides to punch instead. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think with so many things, it's while we have one very obvious clear error here, it is often the the buildup of many smaller errors that ultimately creates a goal. And, 
you know, it may be Sobashinsky can get out of the way a little quicker there. I'm going to move us on to the back three. And I'm going to talk about this because, Justin, I know if I let you talk about this, it's going to get bad. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know exactly what is going through Christian Latanzio's mind to bring out the back three. Uh, now, again, this all comes with the statement, I am not Christian Latanzio's right-hand man. I am not in his playbook. I am not in his practices. I do not get to uh, sit down with the defenders of Charlotte FC and chat with them about how often they practice this formation. But I can tell you, it looked very unknown to the defenders. Um, when you switch to a back three, what I personally see as one of the larger dangers of a back three is when someone comes in wide from the outside and they essentially show in one of the two lanes that gets created, right? At that point in time, a back three has to be very well connected to decide who follows the man, who goes with them, whose responsibility it is to close down that lane. And I saw no understanding of that throughout this game. I mean, as essentially we went to the back three, we saw multiple times that uh, an offensive player would sort of drift over to Christian Fuchs. And, you know, whether it was uh, Jan Chobosinski or whether it was Anton Walks, would sort of look over and go, he's covered. I don't really have to focus on that right now. I can marshal the line. I can do something else. Uh, and that player would then just drift inside into that channel. And it's not just on Christian Fuchs' side. I do think Christian Fuchs saw the, the lion's share of this happening on his side. But that sort of drift into the channel kind of left us going who has it or who's following it. And it really really hurts us. I mean, it's ultimately the cause of both goals four and five is somebody just just drifting into one of these two positions and then taking off. Uh, and it looked like they had no way to handle it. It looked like it was unknown as to who has the responsibility to follow that attacking player into those channels. Uh, Justin, as kindly as you can... Um, what do you think is, is happening here? Why do we see this breakdown in this back three? I, I understand the theory behind the substitution and the change. The theory being throw more defenders on, that will stop the bleeding. Unfortunately, this isn't FIFA where you hit a button, you change formations, and players are just, oh, okay, I can do this. Changing formations, getting people in the right positions, it takes time, it takes drills, it takes practice minutes that... I don't think this squad has put in, and, and I said this in the post-react too, and I'll, I'll reiterate it here. It's a very different system. It, it involves a lot of changes in the defensive responsibilities. It, it involves more of those areas sort of overlapping and shifting responsibilities. And to, to understand the various runs and where you're supposed to be as a defender in that system takes time that this team hasn't had this team is better suited even if, theoretically, you're throwing more defenders on. This team is not suited to switch to a back five in the middle of a match. If you want more defensive solidity, you need to look at options like bringing in a Derek Jones in place of a Quinn McNeil or a, Brent, or a Ben Bender so that you now have two sort of more defensive midfielders to go with Brent Bronico. Or if Bronico is gassed, which he was... Oh, yeah. You bring Brant Bronico off in favor of Derek Jones's fresher legs to give you that defensive coverage, but you don't switch 
the whole formation of the team to something that they, they don't really know. You know, it's uh, honestly, you know, I thought that personally, I thought Yozwiak in the middle of the pitch a few matches ago didn't work that well. And it felt a little bit like that's not something that's been drilled. It, it felt like, again, sort of a FIFA decision where you're like, I've got a bunch of good players. Here's a spot I can fit one of them in. Let's, let's, let's try it and see what happens. Let's throw them all on the pitch. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do think you, you you basically nail it on there that this is something they... It looked to the viewer like they did not have the full knowledge to play. Yeah. And I will specifically call out, I believe it's goal five, um, what ends up being the own goal. And the reason I'm going to call this one out is there are three people across that back line for this one and a ball comes over the top. In fact, I believe it comes from the keeper. So as over the top as you can get, uh, comes from the keeper and there are two people, basically two attackers waiting in that line of three. And one of them steps up to head the ball and you can sort of, you know, see in a cartoonish way, all three of those people in the back kind of look at each other and go, who goes with him and kind of no one goes with him uh and basically one of them steps up and one of them makes the run very well communicated very well timed and the one that steps up just heads the ball over that line in perfect time and at this point in time i believe that uh, jan sobosinski is not on so at this point in time that that three i believe includes uh jalen lindsey but don't quote me on that i'm gonna have to go back and look but either way, you can see very clearly a line of three. Nobody goes with the guy stepping up, even though there would still be two defenders back to cover the run. And so he has a completely free header from a long ball to just toss it over that back line. That sort of connection takes time and takes practice. And I think it really bites us today. Uh, the last thing I'm going to say, and I'll keep this brief, is I talked about the fact that we played... We played LAFC's game against them. We tried to do to LAFC what they tried to, what they did to us. And I think you see the difference between a really coordinated press and a really uncoordinated press. And the simple truth is, if three guys on your front line are pressing and no one else is, they have created a vacant spot in the middle of the pitch. And if and if LA is capable of getting through that first three guys. They have all the time in the world to to create. They have all the time in the middle of the pitch. Uh, Matt, you want to get on this? Well, yeah, I, I see the talent gap is also pretty pretty big between the uh, players that LAFC, you know, have access to, and the the players that uh, we have. I'd like to see um, the owner bring in maybe. I know we've got two or three other guys coming in, but I'd, I'd like to see him splash the cash. Well. Justin? You know, it's it's also one of those things too. I, I don't think we're going. We're obviously not really going to see anything else before the end of the season. Going into the off season, it, it'll also be interesting to see where there's currently designated player money allocated and whether or not it stays allocated with those designated players, or if we look for for something else. Um, I think that we are going to see a fair amount of roster turnover. I think the biggest piece is going to be we're going to bring in a new manager. I don't think at this point Christian Latanzio has done enough to, to drop the interim from the title. So I, I do want to come in just for a second here and say, in theory, he could go on and win one, two, three, four, five, six, six games dominantly in a row. 
I mean, I'm not going to say it's it's good odds, but uh, he could do it. <laughs> there's a theoretical possibility the same way there's a, there was a theoretical possibility that I was going to win the $1.2 billion Mega Millions a couple weeks ago, but I'm still here recording this podcast, so I didn't. Uh, you know you'd be here <laughs> if you did. You love us, Justin. No, uh, I'd be recording this podcast, but I would be recording this podcast from a ship in the Caribbean right now. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think the final thing I'm going to say is there was there was a clear gap. Yeah. Um, and if you want to know how clear that gap was, you know, the stats are out there. We we had oh. 0.3 expected goals to their three expected it was, goals. It, it was a five-goal gap in yeah, It was talent. a five-goal gap. And if you want to go even just a little bit further, you know, the highest-rated player for, for Charlotte FC, I believe, is Brant Bronico in this one. And he comes in at like a 6.8. The lowest-rated player from LAFC, I believe, came in at a 7.4. So if there is a, a gap that big between our highest-rated player and their lowest-rated player, we may be seeing a bit of a difference. Uh, I think we are going to start to go ahead and wrap up the LA game. Does anyone want to add any final thoughts to the LA match? No, I want to put this one in the review as fast as possible yeah. and move on. We're going to throw it in the bucket with Toronto that we never think about again. Uh, first and foremost, we'd like to say, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you. It's great to be with you guys. Yeah. And we are going to take a quick break. But before we take that quick break, we are going to introduce you to something new. We have news. <laughs> Justin, do you, do you want to say it? I feel like you did the work. You should get to say it. We do. Uh, we want to thank our previous sponsor. We had a great time with Potions and Pixels. We've had a great time with AHA Disc Golf Shack. Uh, we have a new sponsor, and this week's sponsor is us. We are very excited to announce that we have uh, put out our, our website. So crowncast.net, the crowncast.net, both are available there. It's all one word. Uh, there's no you know spaces, there's no underscores or anything like that. But if you can't get enough of the analysis that Logan and I provide, uh, if you can't get enough of the player interviews uh, that we can get during the matches, things like that, all of that will be going up on uh, our website. And a lot of it is up already from the matches that we've been at. Um, again, it's crowncast.net. We're incredibly excited to have it out there. We're incredibly excited to to find a new way to interact with all of you. Uh, you can reach back out to us through the website as well. So, Logan? Yeah, uh, my statement here will be, you know, now that we are officially media for the team, we get to be in the box. You know, that, that box you see all the announcers in and all the sports movies, that's us. Uh, but we also get to be on the sideline and take pictures, and we get to record videos. We get to talk to players. And this is going to be our platform to bring all that new stuff to you. So not only can you you hear our voices, you can also uh, you know see our efforts as as fans and now commentators of this game. Uh, you'll find everything there. I, I think that's about it. Yeah. Uh, again, it's crowncast.net. Uh, if it, there's a contact us form on there, uh, if there's ever a question you would like for us to try and track a player down for or, or Christian Latanzi or anything like that, please reach out to us on there. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, so we are going to move on to the second part of the podcast. And the second part of the podcast, we can finally leave L.A. behind us, and we yes. can start to look towards the future. And we actually have a guy for that. Yes. We have a guy whose whole job <laughs> is, well, let's be honest, he well, has he has no, a, another job, I there's assume. There's many more important but jobs. <laughs> his job for us is to look ahead to the future. And I am so happy to introduce him. Hello, as always. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Hey, Logan. Hey, uh, Justin. Hey, Josh. So we got crushed uh, yep. just a few days ago, and we've got to do it again tonight. 
What are the chances we don't get smacked by a second Mack truck in a week? Um, in my opinion, not great. I am, more, <laughs> I am more hopeful that we could take something out of this game, but I would not consider myself confident that we can. If LAFC is an A+, we're looking at like an A-, B- type team that we're going to, uh, in my opinion right now. Yeah, so NYCFC, one of the class teams in the East, one of the teams that's running away right now, headed towards the playoffs. Um, a team that is also backed by, you know, the City Football Group, who also own Manchester City and a variety of other teams across a variety of other leagues around the world. So this is an organization that knows excellence in football, and NYCFC seems to be bringing that to the East. So... What should we look out for? What should we be most afraid of? So I think everyone's aware by now, if you follow MLS to any degree, that they've lost their best player in uh, Castellanos. I think that's how you mm-hmm. say his name. He is left for La Liga. Um, he's still like six on the leaderboard for goals this year, even though he hasn't played in the past three games. So they're losing a lot of talent. The problem is, is that they have a ton more that they can just sort of put out there. Um, my big, the big players I'm looking at are Talis Magno. He was on the left wing, I believe he plays. And then, um, Rodriguez, who is their, uh, attacking midfielder. Uh, Talis Magno, when I was looking at him, he's only 20. He has six goals, six assists in MLS. Um, he has all the makings of someone who I think in a year or two is going to also find himself in Europe. I don't think that his trajectory is to stay in MLS for very much longer. He has that kind of talent and he just, um, oozes potential. Really. He can carry the ball really well. He can dribble. Uh, it worries me about our back line and who might be in there and who he's going against. Uh, I feel like our back line tends to play pretty narrow, so I feel like he's going to end up with a lot of space out on the wing, and he'll get a lot of running head starts towards those players. If there's one sort of deficiency in his game right now, it is his passing. Uh, He's a pretty conservative passer. He's not going to try to open you up too much, but that's where Rodriguez comes in, and Rodriguez is the counterbalance to that. He is extremely dangerous. He's tied for second in the league with eight assists on the year. Um, so they make sort of a good one-two punch balancing each other out up top. I mean, I'll step in here, and as much as I love the fact that you you come in here and, and you tell us the many many ways in which we are going to be sad, <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to to bring about the positives. Where do you feel like you know Charlotte FC, even off of the back of of this most recent one, might be able to find some some joy and dare I say, hope. So I don't think that their back line is the greatest. I'm not saying that they're terrible. Um, They've only allowed, I think, 27 goals on the entire year. So it's not like that this is a sieve of a back line. However, they did just lose um, Callens, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He's a center back um, to an MCL injury. He's out for an indefinite period of time. He is probably their best defender. Um, And so now they've gone back to a veteran in Cheneau, Uh, who's 32. He's sort of on the downside of his career. They're partnering him with their new uh, designated player, Martins. He's actually the only designated player they have that's actually playing for them right now, Um, oddly enough. But he's not a great defender. He's a pretty good distributor of the ball. But just based on like an actual, can they go up 
with a man, tackle the ball, win the ball back. I think we have some potential there. Um, their, their fullbacks are pretty young when it comes to experience. So it's an area where I think we could find some joy. I think it depends on who starts up front for us. And I'm just not sure if we're going to rotate, if we won't, you know. So my my question to you is, you are Christian Latanzio. Mm-hmm. Who are you putting in our front three? So I'm going to disagree with your guys' spicy takes from <laughs> the post-react <laughs> in that, in my opinion, I, I find Swiderski hugely important to this team, and I am not dropping him. Um, to me, he is our most technically gifted player, and he has to start. I especially can say that when I think about who would start instead of him, which is Rios. Listen, Rios is, I'm sure, a great guy. He's a solid professional. But, you know, you guys talked about Swiderski not striking fear into the hearts of anyone. Rios is never going to get close to what Swiderski does. Uh, I feel like Reyna's probably going to start. I'm a little bit more negative on him, I think, than most fans, but he seems to be one of those undroppables along with McNeil for Latanzio. Um, I kind of expect Gaines to go back into the lineup just because it feels like Saturday was a rotation type thing going on. Um, maybe we see Uzwiak again, but I also kind of think that they're in some ways similar players. Quickness is sort of where they they come off. They want to take people on. Um, I mean, they're not the same player, but I would like to see Gaines. I'm also a bigger supporter of Gaines than a lot of, <laughs> of people out there. Um, and I think he's someone who, at the very least, with his runs in behind, can trouble a back line. And with one where you have an experience and you have not necessarily great defenders, who knows, maybe he gets in behind and something crazy happens in the box and he can sneak a goal in. Not a great look, right? When our <laughs> one of our designated players is a rotation guy at the right wing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess my my last sort of thought process here is going to be uh, we we see a young midfield probably going to come back out with a young midfield again. It looks like right now the the starting option is Ben Bender and uh, into Quinn McNeil. Obviously, we have another option coming in there. Uh, I mean, do you think we are going to see, uh, see uh, I believe it's Nuno Santos coming in this one? I mean, I think I would be really surprised to see him um, just because even if he is available to play, I can't imagine he's gotten a super amount of time with the team. Um, maybe if we really need a goal and, it, and the game's not completely out of hand, maybe you throw him on to, to try to make something happen because he's an unknown for everyone, and yeah. sometimes that can lead to, to crazy things that happen. Um, I'm hoping for midfield rotation, to be honest with you. I don't expect it, but as you guys have said, I think Bronico is sort of nearing that red, his gas tank's on empty. I don't want to punt this game. I don't want to give up on this game. But, man, if you're going to sort of give him a rest, maybe now's a good time to put Jones in there. Alcivar hasn't been great, but maybe he also can rest, and then you can sort of flip-flop McNeil and Bender. They play parts of the game so that everyone's getting a rest heading into the weekend where I feel like the game is more winnable. Um, there's a greater chance of us taking points. But again, I'm not positive that that's going to happen. If I, if I were a betting man, I would say <laughs> we're probably going to see the same midfield that we 
have seen for the past however many games. All right. Well, I think we are going to demand that you be a betting man. (laughs) Uh, Because while all of that is great, and you have clearly told us, and I want everyone, all of the listeners to know, Josh from Banks, Beers, and Soccer has clearly told us that we are going to dominate this game. (laughs) Uh, That that, uh, New York City honestly does not stand a chance. Scrubs. And yes, scrubs, yep. and uh, that I am being facetious. But we are going to look forward. Uh, and Justin, you wanna you wanna take away the the what we have left in the season? Yeah. So uh, we're gonna bring back Matt back in and and sort of open this up as a roundtable because we are in the final stretch, and it's not in a great position. We're I think eleventh in the East right now. We're sitting pretty far out in terms of. You know, we're we're points back, and at least against some of the teams just a couple of points ahead of us that are fighting for these same spots, we have played a game more. You know, they they've got a match in hand and everything. So, what we'd like to do is, I don't know that anybody is going to sit here and say we're definitely making the playoffs from this position. This is this is going to be bad. But what we are going to do is talk about maybe what could we take from the rest of the season. Right? We've got NYCFC tonight. You know, Matt, Logan, Josh, is anybody going to raise a hand and say that they think we are winning this one tonight? I'm uh, seeing a lot of no. heads shaking around the table. Yeah, if you, if you look at this table, no no one no. is even thinking about raising a hand for this one. Um. <laughs> but if we look the the remainder of the season, we, we've got Orlando at home this weekend. We've got Toronto the weekend after that. FC Cincinnati at Cincinnati for that one. NYCFC back here in the vault, Chicago Fire in Chicago, Philadelphia Union again here in the vault. We got the Columbus Crew makeup game, New York Red Bulls up in New York, where I hope, if nothing else, I hope that we can go into that team's stadium and punch them in the mouth a little bit at the end of this season. Because that is one of my least favorite teams in MLS after after this one season of being a Charlotte FC fan on the pitch. Of those of those games, though, like let's start out Orlando. We lost when we played Orlando in April, but it was different squads, different. I think that was before MAR was fired and everything. So you know we were playing there. Now we're playing back here in the vault. Chances we win this one. Hands up if you if you think we can win this one. We got three or four, and Logan's <laughs> holding out. Logan, what what makes you think we can't? Uh, I uh, I will be honest. I'm not super positive on any of these remaining games. Uh, I do think if we're gonna get points, Orlando is one of the places we could get it. Um, the loss of Guzman Carujo, I just I really don't know how this team is gonna handle. Um, I don't think we're going to have a real chance to understand how to handle it uh, in just playing LAFC and playing New York City. Um, these are these are two teams that are very, very good. And politely spoken, if you're trying to learn how to do something, the first thing you do is not go to the absolute masters and test yourself against that, right? So this team is going to have to learn how to live without Guzman Carujo and I feel like this might be the first chance we actually get to learn how to live without him. And I have concerns. I mean, uh, I, I get it. Matt, why do you think uh, we can take points, though, against Orlando? Uh, I, I see it as our best chance to, to uh, come out and play. But 
football we've been playing, which is a little more uh, of a high press and progressive, move the ball, uh, maybe try some new blood. It'll be interesting to see if we've got some of these transfers in. It'll be nice to be back in front of the vault. Uh, you know, we always play better here in town. Um, the weekend after that, the 27th, we've got Toronto here. Uh, this is another rough one. We saw them. We lost badly to them. Around the table, show of hands. Who thinks we can take Toronto here in the vault? No, I'm not seeing any hands go up. Josh, you want to talk a little bit about the the Krujo injury? Um, when we went up there with him, we kind of got spanked, and that was the first game that they had Bernadeschi, who I was down on but has been absolutely tearing up MLS. And then, I mean, on that podcast, I gushed about Insigne, and nothing has changed about him in my mind. Um, I hate to say it, but I think that they're a team who made a lot of smart moves and are just playing really, really good football right now. Yeah, I think if anything, Insigne's play has improved. As he, I, I yep. think he's getting a sense of how MLS plays, and it looks like he's just getting better. Yep. And that bodes poorly. <laughs> For Charlotte. Yeah, and if I can weigh in on this one, you know, Toronto, of the games we have left, Toronto is in the lowest position on the table. So the fact that, in theory, the lowest position on the table is really showing an upward trend, slightly scary? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The 3rd of September, we go up to Cincinnati and play Cincinnati. One of our, I think, was this our first win with Cincinnati? Or was this our second win? Uh, you are beyond my random ability to pull that out of my brain. Uh, Cincinnati, though, did, you know that that free kick from Swiderski, I think, was the Cincinnati match. And I absolutely, mm. I believe that. Swiderski got two in that game. Yes. Yeah, I think he got um, the brace, but I think that's the the free kick. Uh, that said, Cincinnati has still been playing very well this season. I think Vasquez uh, is it. Vasquez is there? Yeah. Uh, it, and, and I just, uh, hands up. If you think we can go to Cincinnati and take points, I see a couple of hands up. So, so Josh, let's see. Why do you think we can get some points in Cincinnati? Um, being overly optimistic. And I think that we're due for some more points at some point on the road this season. And that is a very optimistic point for me to take because <laughs> we have taken, I think five all year, but I just think that we're going to get one more point on the road sometime this year. And for whatever reason, Cincinnati just feels like a place where we could, we could get it. Matt, you think it's a point for us or do you think there's a chance for three in Cincinnati? Uh, from what I've seen from Cincinnati is they don't really play that great at home. Hmm. The they, anti-us. They, the they, anti-us. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I see it's it's possible. Maybe we could squeak out a win. Maybe yeah. a 1-0. It'd be great if we could. I don't know that I've got a ton of faith in us going up to Cincinnati. Uh, the 10th of September, NYCFC comes uh, here to the vault. Anybody think we can take those points? All right, Josh, is, Josh has got a hand up here. I'm, I'm going to be optimistic again just because of our, the way we play at home. I'm not super optimistic about it, but I think a point. I'm not going to be brave enough to, to say a win against that team, but I think with the way we play at home, we might be able to squeeze out a point, especially since it'll be a short time after we play them away. And I guess I'm hoping that maybe we learn something from this game and maybe we can have a game plan for that that rematch uh i mean i can absolutely say that uh i I do believe nycfc is 
just a really effective squad. I have concerns that they can come in, especially to a a, a damaged squad like ours that has been so torn. I mean, uh, Harrison Awful doesn't necessarily have a, a clear indication of when he's going to be back. Um, there's a lot of patchwork on our squad, and I have concerns that just that much quality could could come in and overwhelm. Uh, but uh, un, unlike you, it's actually, I think, from here on that I'm going to start to get more optimistic. So, Justin... <laughs> Oh, Matt, sorry, did you want to hop in on this NYCFC here? Yeah, maybe, maybe NYCFC, maybe we can get a point. <laughs> a point would be uh, great. Well, uh, at home with the crowd, we have a great crowd. They, the other they get piece, into it. right, that we've got to be worried about through all of this or, or, or maybe be hopeful about is we do have three signings coming in. We're going to get some depth at center back. We're going to get that depth and coverage at right back. You know, if if Awful can't go for a while, maybe we're going to get the attacking midfield help. Who knows, you know, three weeks from now what this squad actually looks like. You're going to get me talking about that very, very shortly. Please go to the next one. Uh, 17th of September, uh, Chicago Fire in Chicago. Logan's definitely got a hand up. Uh, I'm going to put a hand up here too because I, I think that the result against Chicago was maybe, I feel, a, maybe a little fluky. And maybe we've got a chance to go into Chicago and take something. Logan? Uh, yeah. Uh, my position on Chicago is that Chicago is a team that likes to play as a shootout. Um, I think that a shootout can go either way. Uh, I do think we still have a fair amount of attacking talent on this team. I think that this team can struggle to harness it. But... Anyone you ask knows that we have at least one man on our team in Carol Swiderski who has a left boot made of absolute gold. And he can bury balls. Jordi Reyna can bury shots. If Andre Shinyashiki comes in, he can bury shots. And in a shootout, especially when we start to think about the fact that by this point, Chicago Fire probably doesn't have much to play for. Um, if they're right in the middle of a playoff race, maybe they're a little tougher, but if they've dropped a couple points, you know, they might be on the beach and we might be betting in new players. So that could be, that could be a place we pick something up. Matt, you had some thoughts? I've got a a crazy idea with, uh, maybe the, uh, lineup, you know, something that, um, maybe put Swinerski on the right wing. Maybe he can cut in, use that left foot. And Shinashiki up top. We've we've talked about that some in the podcast. I, I think that what I don't know if I see from Swiderski is the burst a right winger has. So I don't know if that if that necessarily benefits us. But who knows? Yeah. Um first of October, we've got the Philadelphia Union here in the vault. Anybody think this is as far as I can remember, if, the best team I in can. the East. Uh, I'll make this quick. I don't think we got to. I don't. I think that's no. That's a team that's going to be in it to win it, and they are good. Josh, they've allowed 19 goals all year, and we can't score. Yeah, uh, I don't think. Uh, I, I think we will be lucky to have a result that is similar to our result against Philly earlier this season, which I think was a three three nil three one. Ten five. We have the remaining 72 minutes of the Columbus crew match that needs to be made up. Uh, so we're back here again in the vault. Um, I, I 
there's hands up all around. I think there's some confidence that the Columbus crew, that's a spot we can earn points here in the vault. By then we should have players in. I don't know 100% what, like, do we get to use our roster from now, even uh, though we're making up a match that was started earlier? No, Josh we is get shaking to, his head no. Yeah, we have to use the roster that we started the game with. Um, but I will say, just really quickly, I think they're going to be dead in the middle of don't care. I think they're going to be in playoffs. I think they're going to be... Uh, thinking about their future not about a couple points and i do think that that's a time new players could come in and really prove themselves or no players can't come in but i do think that's a team a well, time the vault can do what the vault does because we'll have to find out because i think mccoon was on the bench and awful was on the bench for those and we're definitely not going to have those guys available so well and i think i think f- was Fuchs suspended for that game as well yes Fuchs and, will serve as and play carujo played yeah <laughs> and so oh, i don't know who our center backs are going to be for that game but i'm still hopeful yeah we'll <laughs> it's going to be me they're actually <laughs> taking me into to be a center back uh we closed the season the 9th of october in new york against new york red bull and i said at the top of this segment i hope i don't uh, i i think we can i hope we can because i dislike this team more than any team in the league right now Points? Who thinks we can get points? Hands up around the table. Yep. Josh, what do you think? So I changed my mind a little bit about us only getting one more point this year, <laughs> mostly because of what Logan said about some of these teams already having secured sort of their place in the playoffs. Um, Philly is kind of running away with the East right now. Mm-hmm. I do think NYC FC has a chance to catch them because they have a game in hand, and it's only six points. So I think... That's another reason to be a little pessimistic about tonight because they're going to be highly motivated to get mm-hmm. points against us. But a team like Red Bulls, I think that they're probably going to be solidly in the playoffs but not going to be able to do much movement up or down. And so last game of the season, you might see a heavily rotated squad from them, which might allow us to sneak something out of that game. Same thing. I think, one, I think that I don't like the New York Red Bulls, <laughs> and therefore I would like us to beat them. And... uh Two, I, I think that that will be a heavily rotated squad. I think they will be looking to it basically gain nothing by winning and lose nothing by losing and therefore protect their players for their playoff chances. Matt? No yeah, I, th- I think that uh, <laughs> wraps it up for yeah. you know, the um, Real quick, that, that sort of closes out the season and our hope for more points. Uh, I did want to touch real quick on some team news. Uh, the team announced today that there's going to be a new dedicated training facility down uh, near McAlpine Park, uh, 52,000 square feet, four fields. I think it's a great step for the team. It's going to put the first team, the MLS Next team, and the Academy teams all in the same location, all working through the same facilities. Um, I also personally like the fact that it's privately funded by David Tepper. There's not going to be any kind of tax dollars for it, which I think is a great step for Tepper and the community and everything like that. Um, And then we've talked a lot about the transfer players. I haven't seen anything official about visas being finalized and then being cleared to play or anything. So we have no idea yet when they're going to come in. But Logan, I think that covers everything that we wanted to talk about today. That about does. We definitely took this into a long one. And for those of you who are worried about it, don't worry. We will go into more depth about all of these teams in the upcoming Wednesdays. Josh, we're not letting you off the hook just because you (laughs) gave us an overview. Uh, We thank you all so much as ever. We love you for spending your time with us. Uh, You know, we thank you for, for sharing your ideas with us. And we are going to go ahead and start to sign it off. So, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's great to be here. 
And Josh, as ever, uh, you can find this fantastic man at Banks Beers and Soccer for a little bit more of his opinions. And thank you for your time. Thank you all. And we will talk to you again after we go and take our next three points very confidently from New York City. <laughs> Good night. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. <laughs>